This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl Ryder, Browns beat reporter from 92.3 The Fan, is right over there. Hi, Daryl. How are you? I am doing well. Ready for another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. I don't know why I was like I emphasize different words when we're doing <laughs> the, the I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, it's always game day in Cleveland. But if you like what you're listening to, we love having you on board. Remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. And you know you're gonna be a part of the show, especially over the next couple of weeks when we hit the mailbag at Game Day C L E. At Game Day C L E. Daryl, as I continue to look on, and we got minicamp coming up this week. Um, Miles Garrett was at Gilmore Academy. He had a uh, pro camp there. Uh, will you talk to him one-on-one? Just a general, before we get to the one-on-one, because we're going to play the whole thing here in a second. How was he? Was he in a good mood? Was it fun? How was it? No, always a good mood when there's a couple hundred kids on the practice field playing football. So when Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Browns, he was nice enough to to stop by and and look in on uh, Garrett's camp but yeah uh, the, it was a good time out at Gilmer Academy and uh, uh we I, I one little thing uh yeah. we do have a movie review coming from Miles Garrett because uh Ooh. last week he uh went to the movies with some friends really? and family and campers and stuff so uh we'll you get tell a, us what we'll movie get a, or do, right, I it, it's the 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 big blockbuster um Unrelated to flying airplanes. The big blockbuster, unrelated. So it's not Top Gun. It's not Top Gun it? Maverick. All right, I'll wait. I'll wait Clue number two, you. dinosaurs yes. eating people. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you know why we know this? Because Ron Howard's daughter is in it, and we talk about it every day from 10 to 2 with Phelps. <laughs> Dallas Bryce Howard is uh, in there. She's a great director, too. She's directed a ton of stuff in the – 
in the Star Wars world. But all right, so let's go back. Speaking of out of this world, we continue to talk about quarterbacks. When it comes to this team, um, the Deshaun Watson thing is still up in the air. Uh, I'm uh, 100% convinced that, you know, if Deshaun is going to settle any of these cases to try to, it's not come until um, after the NFL hands down their verdict. I, I, Daryl, do you have any inkling on when the NFL may, may make some kind of decision here? It seemed like it was coming soon, but then uh, 23 and 24 worked their way into the story. Right, and then, of course, now the Houston Texans are defendants uh, in these lawsuits, too, now, uh, with that paperwork uh, being filed uh, recently with the court. So, um, but you know what? I I don't know that that will change, ultimately, the NFL's thinking. But the league is in between a rock and a hard place here because if you give him X games this year, right? Right. Depending... If more suits come out and more information comes out publicly, uh, depending how things go in court next year, if additional uh, information comes out that is, uh, you know, uh, doesn't paint Watson uh, in a good light, then they potentially could suspend him again. And I, that I have a problem with. I don't believe you should be able to suspend somebody twice for the same thing. Um so I don't know what the remedy for this is going to be as far as the NFL is concerned. Um, you know, everyone continues to speculate around eight to ten games. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm thinking. Do they go indefinite suspension and tell him, hey, if you settle this stuff, it's eight to ten games and get this out of the headlines? Or uh, if you don't, and it goes to court, well, you're not playing this year, and you're not playing until these cases are all resolved, not only to the satisfaction of the court system, but to the satisfaction of the league office. I just, I don't know. I I think that the league is in a very bad spot here. Um, Again, because if they give them X games, you're going to have people that say, well, that's not enough. And you're also going to have the other side of the coin. People are going to say, well, he was never criminally charged, et cetera, et cetera. It's too much. So I don't know what the league office is going to do. I still anticipate we're going to hear something before training camp. Uh, The Friday at 5 p.m. prior to holiday weekends is always the popular time to dump the bad news. So I would say look out for uh, the weekend before the July 4th holiday as a potential uh, news dump uh, for that. I'm not saying that's when it's going to happen, but again, the the pattern for the league is they tend to dump their worst news right before holiday weekends at about 4.30 p.m. on a Friday. I'm really interested to hear what the league comes back on because, like, I was reading an article out of Houston just talking about what does history tell you for the NFL, and then you look at what Michael Vick got, and then you wonder – how that's going to play into it, you wonder if uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, what happened there. Um, I mean, there's just been uh, there have been too many cases before that make you look and say, well, we'll do this. I still think they're in a little bit of new ground because of the CBA and the option to uh, appeal in a different way than we've ever seen before. So that's why I'm just kind of curious to see how this whole thing plays out. I do not, again, uh, if Deshaun Watson is planning on settling any of these cases, I can't see it happening until after the league makes their decision but uh, that's just that's stuff that I've read and and some folks that I've talked to but I I just 
again, I, nobody knows. I don't think anyone has a, a true answer for what's going to happen here. But the other part of this then becomes the, and it's always the other part of the story is Baker Mayfield. And again, it's you read the stuff nationally, and I don't know if they're just blind to what's going on here. I mean, there was a big trend there nationally to say, oh well, if Deshaun can't play, Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback, and they're going to keep him, and they'll figure this out. I'm like, are you clueless to everything that happened and everything that went down? When Baker said, uh, "Trade me," and I, like I just don't, I, I I think they're just writing because they think they can guess what's going on. I, I don't know. And or the other one that gets me good is the one that's like the Browns are going to cut him. The Browns are not cutting Baker Mayfield. I I just I can't see that. I see the Haslam family saying, "Well, if we're not letting him go, and we'll pay him eighteen million dollars not to play." It's the line from Moneyball with Dave Justice. We'll pay you eighteen point eight million dollars not to play. What do you think? I hundred percent agree with you. Um, I just, I don't know how much of it is due to clicks or just putting Baker's name in a headline because he's popular slash polarizing. But it, it's just it's disingenuous to continue to throw this narrative out there that the Browns are cutting Baker Mayfield. They're not. They are not cutting. Baker, if they have to cut a massive check to him, they're going to pay him not to play. Um, it's just, it's that simple. Um, the narrative that he potentially could start in the wake of a Deshaun Watson suspension died a di- last week when the, the team came out and said, we have mutually agreed that he will not attend the mandatory minicamp. There is no reason whatsoever for Baker to be uh, at camp. Uh, There's no reason for him to be around the team right now. There's no season in Cleveland for him to prepare for. So if if the national media can't take that hint that he's not playing for the Browns ever again, then I just I, I don't know what to tell people. Uh, you know, uh, the people that are around the team that cover the team, we're all saying he's not getting cut. And the people that, you know, don't cover the team every day, uh, they're the ones saying that, oh, yeah, the, the Browns are going to just go ahead and cut Baker if they can't trade him. So, no, if they're going to pay Baker that kind of money, they're going to pay him not to play. They're not going to cut a check uh, for him just to release him and then allow him to go uh, become a free agent and sign wherever he wants to do. They, they're going to have some input where he lands uh, next in his uh, football career uh, for the fifth year of his rookie contract, which is, again, guaranteed at $18.858 million. Uh, let me just uh, – you said something I thought was super interesting in the beginning of this interview, at the beginning of that question, about clicks and about trying to get people to read your story. And, you know, in the good old days it was a newspaper, and you're like, I wonder if the story's going to match the headline sometimes. And I find myself in a lot of these stories saying the same thing, where it seems like the headline grabs you, and then you get into it, and you're like, it's not exactly what the headline said, or that's not exactly the feeling I had from the headline. And then we also head into this other period, and I'm really wondering, because there's not going to be a lot to talk about. You still have reporters, and we're still going to be doing a, a, you know, our podcast, and you go into this summer recess after minicamp this week, and I wonder how much of the story and the narrative around the NFL is going to be based on Deshaun Watson. And, you know, and I don't know how how the storyline changed. I mean, if Baker is gone, 
that will change part of the storyline for the Browns. There's no question about it. Because you'll be talking about Baker being gone. And then what happens in return? Now, you know, say, you know, and, and Jeff had talked about this during the regular show, that say he ends up at Carolina and then you end up with Sam Darnold. You know, is that a possibility? Or is it just, hey, can the Browns get some draft picks? Or, hey, can the Browns I, – I, I don't – like, I, I'm still trying to find that right fix. There's still a part of me that thinks Seattle's in play too. What do you think? Well, l- let's be honest about it. A lot of the business today is driven by clicks. Um, right. It, it, it just is. That's just the, the fact of life. Uh, a lot of times, especially the national reporters, they don't write their headlines. The, the work that I do, I'm a one-stop shop. I pretty much do everything myself. Um, whereas the national guys, they'll you know file whatever. They'll either have somebody that writes the story for them or, or as well as the headline, or they, you know, write the story and then someone goes ahead and, and does the publishing and, and creates the headline uh, for them as well. And even some of the, uh, it, it happens sometimes with beat writers, depending on the publication that you work for, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, they'll say, hey, I just write the story. I don't write the headlines. You know what I'm saying? I just provide the content. Whatever the editors do with it from there is is on the editors. But, uh, you know, I, I will say that I think that that's one area that our business uh, in general, the, the, the media business has suffered greatly as the corporations have bought all of these media entities. One of the things they have done is they've cut the editor process out uh of the 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 publication um and that's i i and i think the audience suffers a little bit for that because we're all human we make you know we we make mistakes but um you know corporations they're looking at the bottom line and if they can cut a bunch of editors out or a bunch of production people behind the scenes out uh they you know they have done that um it's interesting even like television stations today right um, jobs that were no... there, jobs that were <laughs> yeah. there ten years ago aren't there anymore. I mean, the the anchors at a lot of stations now run their own prompters, uh, have to enter the 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 uh, scripts into their own prompters, which that used to be done by other people. Um, you know, there are no more camera operators at, at TV stations uh, these days because they're all automatic. So there's a bunch of jobs that no longer exist and and things like that. You, I, I remember used to seeing. Literal TV crews would come out to, to cover stories. You'd have a camera person. You'd have like a producer slash assistant. Then you'd have uh, talent. Now it's just one person. That's it uh, that, right. that does everything. So the, the business model uh, has changed. Uh, the volume of uh, people involved in one specific story uh, and the creation of that content has changed as well. And look, I don't know if that affects some of you know, the, the beat, the beating the dead horse that we see all the time. And look, I'll, I'm guilty of it too. It, it just, it comes with the job, right? I mean, right. Uh, I, I would love to write and talk a lot more about the Sean Watson right now, but unfortunately that is the story and the Brown season pretty much hinges on what happens with that story, right? Uh, Baker right. Mayfield. Well, he's a Cleveland Brown until they get rid of him. And they just they haven't gotten rid of them yet, right? And it is, you know, whatever details might emerge concerning talks they may or may not be having behind the scenes to, to move on from it. I mean, that, that, that just be it. It's content. It's just the way it goes. So, um, 
you know, Baker and Deshaun will, as we go into summer break and summer vacation here, I think we'll continue to monopolize headlines, A, until we get a resolution from the NFL as far as what, if any, keyword, if any, because it's not guaranteed he's getting disciplined. We're all assuming it. Um, and again, we have to remind that these are allegations and he's not under any criminal prosecution. And, uh, you know, this is a civil court proceeding, which is different than criminal. And, you know, for those that want to take the shots at the Browns for giving him the $230 million guaranteed and making the trade, guess what? The moment that it came down that the district attorney in Texas elected for a second time not to uh, charge or indict or pursue criminal proceedings against Deshaun Watson, a, a dozen teams lined up, including the Browns, to try and trade for him. And if the Browns weren't going to give him 230 fully guaranteed, somebody was going to do it. So um, this isn't just a Browns thing. It's an NFL thing. He Deshaun was going to be traded for. Deshaun was going to get a ton of money from uh, from somebody. Somebody. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know, we're just going to have to sit back and wait and see how both the Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson situations play out and just kind of roll with the punches, if you will. Yeah, just let me piggyback off that. I want to hear your Miles Garrett interview here too because I'm ready for that. But and we'll play that coming up in the next segment. Um, but I, I just, you know, the journalistic part of, uh, especially broadcast news, has been dead for years. Um, and you were talking about cost cutting. You know, it's it, there, I, I shouldn't say all journalism's gone. I mean, in in especially local news. And by the way, no one's watching it. I mean, go look at the ratings. It's not people aren't into it. And what happened was we got into this this generational thing where reporters are more worried about looking at their iPhones to see if their makeup is 100% perfect than they do care about the story that they're actually telling on the air. Or, I mean, I can just, like, I know when I was in Columbus, I worked with anchors, and I was super low man on the totem pole. I mean, I was working with probably one of the best sports staffs ever on television, especially for local TV, Jay Crawford, Mike Gleason, Dom Tiberi, who's still there. Kirk Herbstreet was on that when he first started, Ryan Miller. I mean, we had this phenomenal group of people, Jeff Hogan, um, and, and it was a, just a great group, and it was a great group of reporters that cared about what they were talking about. And actually it was like, you know, it, it was you, you worried about the story. You tried not to worry about all the ancillary things. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I just I look at it now, and I, I just I, I, there are no gatekeepers on a lot of this stuff. There just aren't, and it's, you know, I can't tell you how easy it is to get something on the air on a television station right now. So easy. Or even in a newspaper sometimes because we don't do two-source reporting anymore. Hardly anybody does that. Sometimes what someone tweets is a story, and it's just like, is it really a story? I mean, so I, I do think it's good in some ways because there's more freedom of speech because, you know, players have access to be able to say whatever they want without being confined to a soundbite or, or a quote. But by the same token, I just don't think – I just – journalism has taken such a plow towards the ground over the last 10 years, 15 years. It's bad. It's bad for all of us. And, you know, I'll, and I'll say this too and without getting too political, the fact that we have net, television networks now that 100% are like we're one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle, it's bad. It's all bad for all of us because, I, it's, it, because at that point it becomes propaganda, and that's not what we need, I think, as consumers and – being trying to be educated people in one of the most educated countries in the world that we should be able to make up our own mind and try to figure out what's going on and you know and it takes us back to the Sean case too that you know where is the information coming from I, I constantly ask that question on every story on everything that we talk about 
Where is the information coming from? Because I know that all information is biased in some way because you don't know what it's like to wake up in the other man's shoes or other woman's shoes. It's just you don't. And so that's how we get into the, the whole journalistic part of this and, and, and everything else that's going on with, you know, even our quarterbacks are just trying to get clicks or trying to figure out who the quarterback of the Browns is going to be. All right, I'm off my soapbox there. Daryl, you know what I'm looking forward to? You know what I'm looking forward to? The fact that Miles Garrett is our first official guest on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, except for Miles Garrett doesn't actually know that. Well, that's okay. We won't tell him, but I'm a pub. <laughs> Daryl, next. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland with Miles Garrett. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter from 92.3. The fan has you covered as well. In fact, he was at Gilmore Academy this week where Miles Garrett had his pro camp for young kids, and Daryl had a chance to catch up with the Browns superstar. Joining me is three-time Pro Bowl defensive end of the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. We're at his Miles Garrett football pro camp here at uh, Gates Mills, Gilmore Academy. Miles, um, showing off the arm and the coaching acumen. Hey, I mean, I've got enough you know, playing experience to be able to, to, just, to show that I can coach a little bit. No, see, I know what I'm doing. No, at least they don't know any better at this age. So I'm just trying to do, do the best I can to get out there and uh, show them a good time. What's the best part of this? You, you know, you have so many kids out here. It looks like about uh, 200, 300 kids. What's, what's the best part of this Man, camp? Seeing all the, you know, the, the smiles on their faces, just having a good time. You know, getting out here, meeting kids they haven't met, making friendships, and just being able to play the games that they love. You know, we can all bond through that. What, uh, Coach Kevin Stefanski came out uh, today. What's that mean to you that he's coming out to, to support your efforts in the community? I really appreciate it. You know, he always you know, said that he was, you know, he was there for us and you know, any causes or anything that was near and dear to our heart, he'd, he'd be a part of. And, you know, that's him you know, coming through and showing it, and, you know, literally and physically. The day he walked in the door, he made it very clear that he wanted you guys as players to, as he put it, get in the arena, be very active uh, in the community. You yourself, you're very active in the community, not just with uh, football camps, but uh, local causes, your Water Boys program overseas to provide clean drinking water to those that can't have access to it. Just kind of give us an update where you are with, with some of your efforts now uh, to really expand your presence in the community. Uh, I mean, working on... You know, getting clean water to places like you know, uh, East Cleveland and, and spots in, in Texas that that need it, and just you know trying to you know give help uh, wherever I can. You know, I, I know it's tough. We were trying to get more players in, more more uh, donors, but you know, if we can, if we can knock down one door, we can we can get this this ball rolling. I don't think it'd be stopped, and we can we can make change for more than more than just uh you know these two communities, more than just you know Kenya and. and uh, uh, Tanzania. You know, we we can keep on, you know, expanding much further. You know, providing help, providing water. You know, you know, trying to to get out to to more people out and get more outreach, getting more kids in here. You know, getting more families. You know, these these couple of days off where they can just relax and watch their kid, enjoy their day, enjoy their time. 
you know, we talked about community and, 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 and Stefanski's support uh, in it. One thing that seems to be very prevalent with you guys this year in the offseason, and I don't know if it has to do with the fact that you can do it now because co there's no COVID protocols or whatever, but you guys are doing a lot of stuff together as a team, whether it's as a defensive unit, offensive unit, or collectively as a group, you're going to the Hall of Fame next week. Uh, you guys have done movie nights. Uh, you, you got vacation, stuff like that. Just what's inspired that this year for you? Like you said, you know, it's been a tough time during COVID. These last two years have really been a real blur. You know, it's, it's kind of been all over the place, you know, rules, regulations, what you can do, can't do, and, you, and you're missing out on that, that camaraderie, that chemistry. Uh, and just being being with your, your brother, your teammate, you know, being able to, you know, just go hang out, you know, being able to, you know, you know go to dinner, no, go do things together. Go to go to a movie, uh, meet each other's families. Those, all those things were kind of put on hold for you no know, something that was really affecting the whole world. And so I'm just you know doing my best to try to bring you know, a sense of normalcy back. You know, not only to you know my team, but to these families in, in Cleveland. And you know, when I go back home, same same thing in Texas. How did you pick South Beach? I mean, you know, Deshaun went to the Bahamas. You end up in South Beach. How'd you come up with that? And I, I don't know of any uh, good gyms in, in the Bahamas, and I, I've been and I, I didn't see any. But you know, I, I, I know I wanted to, to get in and be able to get some work, but also you know have these guys able to relax and kind of get it, get off their mind and you know try to get some activities together where we could all get to know each other, have a good time, but not lose you no know, sight of what we wanted to do. Friday night, you took a bunch of kids to the movies to see the new Jurassic Park World Dominion, a.k.a. Dinosaurs Eating People. I know you're a big dinosaur guy. Um, just uh, give us a quick movie review. Quick movie review, huh? I mean, it, I'm a little bit skewed. I'm a little bit biased. I can't lie. You know, I, I've always loved you know, the Jurassic Park series. And, you know, if you're going to do it, you got you to do it big. And you know, I feel like every every movie they're trying to come up with something more extravagant, more extreme, more creative than the next. And you know, for some, uh, it might not be down your alley. But you know, for me, you know, being able to you know bring out the, these new dinosaurs, bring back some old fan favorites, uh, bring back the old cast, you know, the the trio that everyone uh, loved in the, the first movie, and just that that natural chemistry they had on screen. You know, that that's you know hits a, a part of nostalgia that now I've, I've always had and. No, I don't know if they'll continue to, to make movies for that, that franchise, but you know, I'd, I'd be more than, more than happy to, to watch it. You know, if one day maybe be a part of it. Last one for you. I got to call you out on something. You, you, you had said that you don't want to go to the Hall of Fame until you're in it. Mm. But your buddy Joe Thomas is going into the Hall of Fame. So does this mean you're not going to his induction ceremony here? Oh, man. I mean, I hate to put you on the spot, but that's what I do. So, And he's going to hear this because I... I Trust me, 73 is going to hear this. He's definitely going to hear this. You know, I might have to see him beforehand or afterwards. I, you know, it's just, I know pride is the devil, but you know, I, I know what I have in mind, and I, I got to keep that goal, you know, something that's, you know, kind of out there like the, you know, the stars. You got to reach for them. And so I, I want to be able to keep it so so far out of my mind where, you know, it's, I'm not comfortable seeing it and be like, yeah, this is, you know, this is something I can do. I want it to be like, like the pearly gates. Some on the other side that I have, I have to really you know, do my best for, you know, strive, strive my hardest for, work, work my hardest for to, to be able to, to reach. Cause I know he did. No, no one's doing the, the amount of you know, work that he did for this team and the, the amount of plays and snaps that he did you know, continuously. And this man was a, I mean, he was an Iron Man. He was the first offensive lineman ever. He's a, 
you know, he's a, he's a great guy, great human being, and he was a great teammate. And uh, just hoping that I can reach that, that pinnacle one day. I got bad news for you. The Browns are probably going to play in the Hall of Fame game the year he goes in. You know that, right? Don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. You know, the Hall of Fame game is on the field. As long as I don't have to walk into the building or see it, I'm all right. Very good. Miles, appreciate your efforts in the community, all you do for uh, families both Northeast Ohio and uh, around the world, and thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you. All right. Well, let's hope that Miles is in Canton long before he gets his gold jacket and to see Joe Thomas would be an amazing, amazing day for Browns fans. When we come back, it's back to work for your Cleveland Browns as minicamp is going on, and I'll ask the question, should they be even having minicamp, especially for the veterans? It's always game day in Cleveland. We're glad you're with us, and if you want to subscribe to the uh, – just make sure you subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed, and we're glad to have you on board. And if you want to partake in the show at game day, CLE. Back with more after this. We're talking minicamp. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, Browns will have a big break coming up here. The next time we'll see them after this week will be training camp. Uh, looking forward to Daryl, they haven't announced anything for fans yet, have they? On training no. camp? I don't think uh, that will okay. usually come uh, late June, early July is when they'll announce their uh, training camp uh, schedule as well as uh, – you know, fan experience. My understanding is that the team is currently working with the city of Berea to try and expand a little bit their training camp offerings, including seating uh, at the facility. Um, again, they're still working through those things. So, um, but the, the, the hope is that they will be able to offer more seating than they've ever been able to offer uh, at training camp and also make it a little more easy for fans to be able to park closer to the facility uh, as well. So uh, the team has some work to do as far as finalizing those things with the, the city of Berea and what they are and uh, are not uh, able to do, and then we'll uh, you know get our typical training camp schedule announcement. But um, it's coming soon. It'll be here in the blink of an eye, that's for sure. Terrell, how can they expand seating out there? I'm just curious because I'm thinking unless you put like – bleachers up against the field house and try to bowl it a little bit I mean it's normally like the stands are I mean they're they're like high school baseball stands they're not normally they're not even high school football stands that they have on, on the I guess that's probably the north side of the venue how, do, how would they expand that how do they do that? Uh, uh it'll be on the west side because now they own all the property uh adjoining the western side on Pearl Street so Okay. One of the things that they have requested from the city of Berea is a variance to install a fence um, by the street, 20 feet off of uh, the street there, uh, and also to be able to do the Eric Mangini double fence, if you will. So instead of like an eight-foot fence, it'll be, you know, that 16. Basically, it's moving the 16-foot fence out to where they uh, purchased uh, all that land and property. That gives them the additional space to be able to uh, put stands there because on the southern side they had uh, they had put uh, big sections of stands, and then on the eastern side of the facility they also had been putting large sections of stands. So they'll be able to add an additional grandstand, assuming the city ah. of Berea approves everything for them. They'll be able to add a grandstand to the western side as well. So now there'll be a grandstand on three sides of the facility because one of the frustrations some fans had, because in training camp, 
they wrote, and this happens in this in the regular season as well, in an effort not to wear out the grass in the field and allow the groundskeepers to continue to, uh, Keep you know, uh, regrow grass, right, that gets right. torn up during practice, they rotate the fields either on a clockwise direction or counterclockwise direction. And the thing used to be, the, the, the trick I would always tell fans, if you want to know where the today's practice is going to be, look for the field that has the three cameras uh, up in the air surrounding it. That's where the 11-on-11 right. 11 11 work is going to take place. So now, uh, instead of having to look across a field to see the other field and what's going on, uh, the, the goal is is to be able to offer grandstands on three sides of the facility so uh, fans can be as close to the action as possible. Very cool. All right, so give me the, the, the rundown for this week because I know that they're – one practice is at the stadium, and then they're going to head down to the Hall of Fame. Are they practicing in Canada, or are they just doing a tour? Well, it's, so it's a, I guess we're going to call this the uh, 2022 minicamp road trip tour or something like that. <laughs> um, Tuesday, okay. they'll be in Berea uh, for a normal minicamp practice. Then on Wednesday, they will head to Canton, Ohio for a uh, trip to the Hall of Fame. It's going to be kind of like a walkthrough practice. They're not. I let's be honest about it. They're not going to be doing a lot of football down there because the purpose of the trip is to experience the Hall of Fame. Uh, the players are going to have, uh, I, uh, my understanding, a little behind-the-scenes tour, a luncheon, maybe some Wait, speakers. Wait, will Miles go in? I'm confused now. Well, FD he might. It, I. It's the hall itself where the busts are on display. That's oh, the, that's that the area gotcha. he kind of gets a little superstitious about, which I respect. I totally get it. Uh, he doesn't want to see that until his bust is among those greats. And uh, I think his, if his career remains on the current trajectory it is, that's not going to be a problem. He is going to yeah. be a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind there. Uh, but a lot you know, obviously has to happen before then. But um, that that is the uh, the fine print, right? He can go, but he just he doesn't want to go into that uh, that that area. He feels that that's just you know very sacred, and uh, you know for uh, not only fans but those who uh, have actually made the Hall of Fame. And I, I respect that uh, from him. But uh, he'll 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 be down there. I don't think he's getting excused on Wednesday. And then for Thursday which is usually like the hurry up and get out of town day where they just practice for 90 minutes and then they hit the road. They still might only practice for 90 minutes, but they're going to be at First Energy Stadium for that workout, uh, which I find interesting. And I don't know if that's related to the fact that there's going to be a concert or two there and maybe the stadium's not going to be as available during training camp or whatnot. I, uh, Kevin Stefanski really hasn't gotten into much uh, as far as the – why they're doing that. Um, I know Cade York has been able to go down there and kick quite a bit uh, with some of the renovation work that was going on with the practice fields uh, out in Berea. We talked about it uh, last week on the podcast. We got to see Cade kick for the first time in person, and I'm going to do everything in my power to just overhype that as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's going to be a unique Mini camp because typically it's just three days in Berea, get in, get out. We're you know everybody go on summer vacation, but yeah, I mean there's it's going to be a busy week uh, between Berea, Canton, uh, and the lakefront. All right, well we'll be back on Thursday after all this mini camp stuff is 
has happened, and we'll see what happens with happens with the quarterbacks, and we'll keep you posted on everything. But we're just really happy you're with us. And, you know, Daryl, we've been uh, pretty lucky and blessed with this podcast so far because uh, we've had a lot of feedback. A lot of people have been listening. And we, and we just – I appreciate the feedback. And if you want to hit us up at Game Day CLE. Final thought, Daryl Ryder. Yeah, I just uh, w- want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, follow us, Game Day CLE, on Twitter. You can tweet at us. Uh, we will do some mailbags here uh, during summer break as well. So if there's a question uh, that you're dying to ask, uh, feel free to hit us up there. Uh, and, uh, again, just uh, as Andy said, uh, echoing his thoughts, grateful for your participation and uh, listening. Uh, rate us. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. And, um yeah, I think we're off to a pretty good start there, Andy. And Miles Garrett, unbeknownst to him, our That's official right. first guest on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland in the can. I'm sure it's a moment he will never, ever forget, nor will ever find out about. You know, when he goes to the pearly gates in Canton, he's going to remember the time that he had no idea he was a guest on a podcast with Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin. So that, that will become a momentous occasion in his career I'm sure that he can't wait to forget about oh man for our producer Meredith Kane he's Daryl Ryder I'm Andy Baskin and we love having you on board again remember if you like what you're listening to subscribe to the it's always game day in Cleveland feed thanks for listening again to it's always game day in Cleveland